0: Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? This is Pastor Dan. We're doing God Talk. This is a sermon on the cross called It Doesn't Matter. This is part number three. So we've been wrestling with the charges someone made about the cross. That the cross really was just a murder. It was not God's intent. God came to live and not to die. And that... Uh, it's the resurrection that saves us and not the cross. The cross is not central. We just, really? <laughs> really? We're going to say that? So yesterday we tried to make the point that um, while we don't think God is part of God's plan for the specifics of how he died, it was God's plan for Jesus to come down, enter the world of sin, wages of sin or death, Christ is going to die in our place. That's part of the plan. It's clear that he came to do that. But we would deny that the particulars of the whipping and the beating and the spitting and the slamming and the crown of thorns and the, the cross and the nails, those, those were not part of God's plan. God did not use the Romans and the Jews as part of his salvific plan to save us from sin. That was human and terrible and awful. So let's be clear on that. And then we finally ended with a point. Is the cross still central or do we defer now to the resurrection or to his teaching? And we gave a list of verses. That make it clear that the cross is now and has always been central to our salvation. By His wounds we are healed. Everything in the Bible is about lambs, thousands and thousands of lambs over the years, <laughs> maybe millions of lambs. The blood, the blood over the door, the goat on the Day of Atonement that took the sins out into the, the sanctuary and then into the wilderness. That's all the cross, lamb, and the cross. Someone dies and pours out His blood for us. At the end of the world, what will be the focus? What's our only hope? Revelation 12:11. They overcame Him by. I, the blood of the Lamb. Who was the only one who could read the scroll in Revelation 4 and 5? The Lamb who had been slain. People washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Everybody's going to go to the wedding of the Lamb. They're going to sing the song of the Lamb. They're going to have the name of the Lamb on their foreheads. Don't tell me the cross doesn't matter. It is everything. It is everything to our salvation. I will die for this cross. My head elder, I said at the beginning, the first day, after he heard this statement, that a cross does doesn't mean that much to me anymore. It just means you know, human trafficking and and dictatorships and abuse and misuse and slavery. He said, what means something to me is resurrection. And my head elder called 10 o'clock that night, driving home from this great character of God weekend. But he said, Pastor Dan, I can't believe what I heard a speaker say. The cross doesn't matter. We're going to go to heaven and there's Jesus with the scars in his hands. And we're down here saying it doesn't matter. After he went through the agony of nails in his hands, we're going to say it doesn't matter heartbreaking. And think about this. The Adventist church believes, it's in Ellen White in the book, Great Controversy, but I think it's consistent with scripture that uh, at the end of the thousand years, what they call the great white throne judgment, which is in Revelation 20, we believe there's going to be a grand panorama. And I think the whole history of scriptures with the great, with the temple and all that drama, it's a drama. Jesus on the cross is a drama. Galatians 3 says, Christ was portrayed. It's a drama. We think there will be a drama. And God is going to have everyone who's ever lived, maybe the 108 billion people and all the angels and all the demons who've ever lived, will be in one place on this mammoth screen. And God will play back in virtual reality Jesus dying and all the scenes leading up to that. And choirs will sing amazing grace. And I've just seen Jesus and sinners, just a sinner saved by grace and the old rugged cross. And Philippians 2 says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess. Why are we going to bow? Why is Satan going to bow? Why are all the demons going to bow? Because they see the cross. That is what they cannot deny. God is love. He came down and died and took our sins on himself. And he died, and they have to acknowledge it. God is love. There is a reality, and they will lose, and they bow down like everyone else. And Jesus is Lord because of the cross. Polycarp was a bishop of Smyrna, year 200, give or take. Eighty years old, the Roman emperor decreed that everyone had to say the three words, Caesar is Lord. He wouldn't say it. They came to get him, to burn him at the stake. He served all the people who were going to take him a meal. Then he knelt down in the room and he prayed for every one of his church members and all his co-workers. Poured out his heart. He's their pastor. He's going to be gone. The captain can't stand it. He says, you, you don't have to die. It's three little words. You don't even have to mean them. Just say them. Caesar was Lord. He said, no. Jesus died for me. He is my Lord. I've been following him for 80 years. I'm not going to give him up now. They walked through the streets together. Went to the stake. Said, you don't have to tie me down. I'm not going to run stood there and died for the cross. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. I don't want to die for the cross. but I would hope that I would have the courage that if I had to die, I would do it. Cross means that much to me. Well, now the last question. Who is the cross for? Who needs the cross? I can't take time to go through in our little talks here 2,000 years of what the smart people in the big books have argued about exactly the purpose of the cross, why Jesus needed to die in order to save us. I would just say it's usually between two main ideas. Either Jesus died for God or Jesus died for you and for me. Who needs the cross? In that story about my Ghanaian friend, the university, one of their bill paid. The university is one who wants to be paid. They don't really care who pays it as long as someone pays that. And we've rung up a bill with God, and God wants someone to pay the bill, and that's blood, and someone has to die. Is it God who needs it? All over the world, that's what different religions say. If you have sinned against the God, the gods get mad. You have to give them an offering. You give them your child, or you do a rain dance for them. You go to the temple and bow down before little gods and you can give over flowers or money or whatever else you can bring. Catholic Church in the 1500s had, you had to come put money in the coffers to build St. Peter's Cathedral. Do something hard, do, do a Hail Marys, do penance. In the mission movie they carried, the guy had to carry all his war material up the waterfall up to the mission in order to pay for his sin. God is the one. Martin Luther had to whip himself. Is Christianity, like all the others, that God has to have someone do something for him, suffer something, pay something, do something big in order for him to be satisfied. So think about this. If our sins make God angry, filled with wrath, so that he wants to punish us with death, when does that happen? You remember Jesus Christ said, I and the Father are one. So they were together before. At what point did God the Father switch sides and go from love to justice from forgiveness to destruction and punishment and let's see if we can trace in the history of the heart of god from heaven all the way down when we can pinpoint the time when god switched sides and now he is the one that has to have some sacrifice in order to be okay and to forgive us our sins so i uh, come back tomorrow that's what we're going to wrestle with when did god switch sides and go from being for us to against us. This is God Talk and Pastor Dan. Thank you for listening, and we'll be there with you tomorrow. God bless.